Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. It's 9.30 in 716. I'm Susan Rose. I'm Brian Mazurowski. Outside right now, a few clouds. Very chilly start. We've got 36 degrees in Buffalo. Yesterday, the Bills released the first two images of what the new stadium will look like when it opens in the fall of 2026. So what went into the design that we see in those images? Here's WBEN's Brayton Wilson. Nearly seven months after a deal was agreed upon by the Bills, Erie County, New York State, and the NFL for the future construction of a new stadium in Orchard Park, the team officially released renderings for the new facility on Thursday that is slated to be opened by the fall of 2026. While there's still the process of finalizing the Memorandum of Understanding with the stadium deal, this gives Bills fans and other members of the Western New York community the first glimpse of what to expect for the new stadium when construction is completed. Over the last several months, the design team at Populous has been hard at work establishing the look and feel of a stadium in Orchard Park that is not only fitting for the Bills on the field, but also a reflection of Buffalo itself. One of the things we heard loud and clear from ownership and from all the different operational groups within the team when we talked to them was the building wanted to be about football first. Their focus really wanted to be on the game of football, what it's like for the fans to be in the building, how intimate and intimidating and loud can we make the building how great can we make the experience for the buffalo fans and then from the player's perspective you know how do we create an environment that is a place where visiting teams hate to play when they come to buffalo that senior principal at populist and former bills linebacker turned designer scott radisick as bills fans wait on the other details of the stadium deal to be finalized it will still be some time before shovels hit the ground and construction begins on the facility across the street from highmark Stadium on Abbott Road. In the meantime, it's possible for some of the nuances with the stadium design to change as the design team dives deeper into the process going forward. However, the major elements of the renderings presented on Thursday are not expected to change significantly. Here's more from Populous Senior Principal Jonathan Malley. The visuals that we see are what we're absolutely striving for. To the greatest extent possible, this would be the ultimate result of the design. But every design and every stadium project goes through evolution. But that doesn't mean you let go of the key drivers and the key ideas. And we think we have an incredible basis here. We're off to a great start. There's more design to come, and, and that's just what makes it that much more exciting. More from the Populous Design team on the renderings for the new Bill Stadium is available for you online. Brayton Wilson, WBEN.com News. All right, the designs are out. Uh, you can, of course, see them if you haven't yet. WBEN.com, but uh, a lot of positive reviews. So far, we'll be hearing uh, much more into what went into those designs, Populous and also Ron Rakuya of the Bills 
throughout the morning here on WBEN, where it's 5.05, Kia releasing a statement following the crash of a stolen vehicle Monday that took the lives of four teens on the 33. The automaker says it joins the Buffalo community in mourning the tragic crash. It added such criminal conduct endangers local communities, violates the property rights of vehicle owners. and also said Buffalo police have not released all pertinent details from its investigation to be able to connect this instance to a larger, larger societal trend. Kia says it's offering steering wheel locks to all concerned owners at no cost. Mixed messages on the U.S. economy. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen pointing to the job market, which has generated 3.8 million jobs this year. But inflation, though down from the summer, is still making it hard for families to purchase basic necessities. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen telling CNN she does not believe a recession is on the horizon. I don't see signs of a recession in this economy at this point. It comes just hours after a new report showed the U.S. economy had grown slightly after two straight quarters of decline. Things are looking good. The economy grew at an annual rate of 2.6% in the third quarter, faring better than economists expected. That's Rhiannon Alley reporting. The president, meanwhile, in Syracuse yesterday, Yesterday, to promote what he says is the largest single private investment in manufacturing jobs in U.S. history. Also trying to convince voters that Democrats will make that happen if they win at the midterms less than two weeks away. Computer chip maker Micron pledging a $100 billion investment in upstate New York to build factories. It's the largest American investment of its kind ever ever, ever in our history. President Biden saying Micron's investment helped by the recently passed CHIPS Act will help end U.S. dependence on foreign chip makers and create 9,000 jobs. Andy Field, ABC News. As the election day draws closer, it's time of the year that we're seeing more and more endorsements from editorial boards at newspapers. But how much do those matter in 2022 for both the candidate and the organization? Here's WBEN's Tom Puckett. When it comes to political traditions, UB's Jacob Nyheisel says things like newspaper endorsements are done because they've always been done. I think um, at the margins, they, they actually can be you know, somewhat influential. Uh, again, very, very small influence, but they can be influential for voters uh, who still have stock in those kinds of outlets and are casting about for, for cues or heuristics to use um, as they go about making their vote. Nyheisel says candidates are still seeking the approval in the op-ed page. I think it still matters. You know, all else equal, they'll, they'll take every um, endorsement that they can get. Um, granted, you know, there are some that they would wish that they hadn't had, depending on the dictates of the race. But for the most part, uh, this is, is kind of pure political profit for, for most candidates. But what about the perception of bias by a newspaper's endorsement? I think we reason by extension in many cases, and, and so it absolutely can change the extent to which we view a news outlet as an unpartisan or unbiased entity. Hear the full conversation online. Tom Puckett, WBEN.com News. All right, Tom, thank you. 508 now on WBEN. Elon Musk taking ownership of Twitter. Hours before, tweeting, of course, the bird is freed. Musk putting out a statement hoping to allay fears of some investors. Elon Musk posting that he bought Twitter because it's important for the world to have a common digital town square to debate beliefs without resorting to violence. Musk saying that he worries social media will splinter into far right and left wing echo chambers that create more hate and division, saying he did not buy Twitter to make money, but to help humanity. It's Andy Field 
reporting. We'll see uh, what happens. Twitter activity over the next several weeks. Wearable devices with heart detectors have been credited for saving lives. In recent years, now an Indiana man says his watch helped him survive a car crash. It was 3.30 a.m. on Saturday, October 15th, when Nolan Abel lost control of his car, striking a telephone pole outside of Indianapolis at 70 miles per hour. I'm just like in my seat, just like f fighting to stay conscious. And then I hear like, hello, like, are you there? That voice coming from Nolan's Apple Watch. Who knows how long it would have been for help to get to me. Nolan purchasing the wearable on a whim only a week before his accident. Wow, that's something. He says he later wrote a note to Apple CEO Tim Cook thanking the company for the life-changing technology. He said Cook replied with a short and sweet email. It's just a thumbs up emoji. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> we, we got your back. I, uh, this story reminds me that I have to update my watch. Like this, yeah. I've been putting it off for like six months, and you see something like this, like ah, eh, you know, maybe this could uh, come in handy if you do the software update. Your exclusive WBEN seven weather forecast. We're looking at partly sunny skies today. Temperatures will be in the mid fifties this afternoon. Tonight mainly clear and chilly again. Lows in the mid thirties. Saturday looks super with sunshine. Low sixties. Low sixties on Sunday with clouds increasing throughout the day. With your exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast, I'm Chief Meteorologist Aaron Minkowski. Joining us on the line from Level Financial Advisors, Michael Angelucci, to help us make sense of everything going on, uh, especially when it comes to the latest economic news. Uh, all right, Michael, could be confusing for people because yesterday we heard the news. Uh, the economy grew more than expected last quarter. Sounds like a good thing. Uh, at the same time, mortgages hitting their highest rates in 20 years. That sounds like a bad thing. Where does that leave us? That's a great question. You're absolutely right. It's very confusing when you read through the data. The, the GDP up was uh, mostly due to oil and natural gas exports. Uh, so that um, drove up GDP. Uh, the base um, economic spending on goods and services grew, but not as fast as a rate as in the past. So that's you're getting some confusing numbers there, but it does seem like uh, the GDP is really still slowing down. We're not looking uh, as if the, the, we're going to uh, grow the GDP and, and um, escape a recession, although still uh, the, the sense of whether we will go into recession, uh, from my perspective, looks about 50-50 from the different um, stories I read. People have different opinions, so it, it kind of comes down to 50-50 from the experts. Now, the, uh, the, the mortgage rates are going to be a um, continued driver on inflation. Housing makes up one of the biggest components of, of inflation. So with, with mortgage rates now over 7%, at 7.08 on, on average in, in the U.S., that's going to continue to be uh, a drain on, on the economy. And especially this is really difficult for the, for the first-time home buyer. Uh, one thing I'll point out, too, is the affordability index for housing is the lowest it's been since the, the 1980s, I believe, or the early 1990s. So um, the, the inflation is, is going to stay with us for a bit, and, and the Fed is still going to continue to raise rates. Most everybody feels they're going to raise rates 75 basis points next week, which is going to continue to slow things down and affect mortgage rates, unfortunately. Michael, when you were talking about housing there, 
I'm just wondering, are we looking at a housing crisis because, you know, mortgage rates are up at seven and climbing, adding hundreds of dollars a month to new mortgages, pricing a lot of people out of a home that they were qualified for a few months ago, right? And then the cost of renting is also skyrocketed. Yes. This this is the biggest, I, I think, in my opinion, from what I've read and listened to, is this is the biggest issue uh, because... What is happening is a lot of people uh, purchased houses and got mortgages over the last 10 years, and they locked in on very low rates. And now they they don't want to even move because they might have a three three and a half percent mortgage, and they don't want to sell and have to buy something. Uh, it's still an elevated price for seven um, percent mortgage so it's called the lock-in effect so we're having this issue where the the supply of mortgages is is a problem and the higher interest rates uh, are a problem I don't think there's a mortgage crisis um, but there is a going to be a supply issue uh, home builders are starting to cut back uh, depending on uh, what you who you listen to there's between a two and a six million um, shortage of new houses on the market, let alone people uh, needing to sell or wanting to sell because um, they're deciding they're going to lock in and stay where they're at. So uh, the crisis from the standpoint of inventory and um, causing um, especially first-time home buyers uh, a problem um, in their ability to uh, buy a new house. If these uh, rate increases that we keep seeing impacting the mortgages and everything you just talked about, what level of concern do you have that the Fed is maybe going too quickly, that they're skipping over perhaps an opportunity to see the impact of the rate hikes that they've already done? That's, that's a great question. Uh, I think they're still going to go ahead with the 75 basis points, as I mentioned, but they really have to look at some of these uh, underlying issues, especially housing. Again, that being the biggest part, uh, if everything else starts to slow down, wages and consumer spending on goods, which we know that's a big issue. Amazon just uh, yet last night said that they uh, are projecting lower sales. Uh, so we're seeing people slow down in their consumer spending. Um, and if the Fed keeps raising rates, uh, housing it's it's this kind of um, paradox, right? The housing costs are going to continue to become more expensive for people, which is inflationary, which is what they're trying to control. And um, I, frankly, I don't know how they're going to do that. And and that has been some of the talk uh, is is the Fed sees these other other things, food, uh, hope you know, if hopefully some things like food and energy and and goods start coming down, maybe a little bit in price or even stabilizing. Uh, what are they going to do? Are they going to keep raising rates and affecting housing, which um, in turn uh, increases inflation? You know, reading the economy today seems to be so confusing. It used to be that you just looked at jobs numbers and it would tell the story of the economy. But now there are so many indicators, right, that you're looking at from the yeah. GDP to wages, consumer spending, mortgage rates and, and more, right? Exactly. This uh, I'm somebody who's who's always loved to try to think through these things for the last you know, 40 years, and um, this is the most confusing time in, in my life. Uh, you, as you said, Susan, used to be able to point to one or two things and kind of work out the effect on the economy, and now there's just so many 
variables that are uh, affected here. Even, uh, I won't go deep into it, but the mortgage rates uh, are, are going up higher than normal because uh, the big banks and the Fed aren't buying mortgages. I shouldn't say the big banks, but the, the Fed is not buying mortgages anymore, which is driving up um, interest rates on mortgages uh, because the banks, when they issue them, need to sell them to somebody. So um, there's all these underlying variables that you don't even think of that are affecting and, and the dynamics just seem uh, overwhelming to try to manage. And I, I don't mean to sound that this is doom and gloom, but it's, it, it, to your point, it's very complex and, and more complex than I've ever seen in my life. Okay, so the big question for everybody listening out there, how to prepare for the future. Are there steps that you should be taking to avoid some of the negative impacts of a, a possible long-term recession or whatever we might be facing? What are you telling people to do with their money right now? Right now, we're, we're telling uh, folks, um, if, if they're already invested in stocks, uh, especially if they're well-diversified, from that aspect of things, as long as they don't need that stock money for uh, five, 10 years, don't you know, hold on to that. Uh, shorter term, uh, we're telling people there's a lot of opportunity uh, with online savings are, are starting to pay 3%. You can buy a one-year treasury note for 4% or better. Uh, the, the, a lot of people have been buying the inflation-protected uh, securities, uh, the I-bonds, uh, Today is going to be the last day to get those at 9.6%, uh, and then it's going to go down to 6%. Uh, so um, we're telling people short-term cash um, are some opportunities. At least you can get some return that you couldn't get 10 months ago. Uh, and sometimes cash is okay, but we, we're telling people not to panic with their stocks. Uh, markets go up and down. It's part of the normal business cycle. Stocks will recover, but uh, for your shorter-term money, there are options, and, and you can at least get some sort of return uh, while you wait things out. Michael, thanks so much for helping us understand all of this. You got it. Thanks, Susan. Thanks, Brian. That's Michael Angelucci with Level Financial Advisors. That's 930 in 716. We're back tomorrow with another edition from the studios of WBEN Buffalo. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 